that hay. I yeah. think he had like 180k or something. It was, it was crazy. Nothing. And Chat was yeah. yelling at him to run commercials, run ads, so he can yes. get the revenue. It was it was such an amazing time. I really think that, <clears throat> um, like with Twitch ads and things, because that was when they were starting to get more rent mm -hmm. as well. And I really think that Hesterly making it known about the ads. I honestly think paved the way for more patience and more understanding that streamers are doing it in general. Yeah. Like since then, I really think he helped start a trend that made it slightly okay that people are going to run ads. And when people raid now, everyone still says give ads, right? Right. So yeah. like, yeah, he really, he set a good trend, I think. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today I'm super excited. I have all the way from Australia, but in UK, Train. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. How's how's life in the UK going? It's it's good. It's uh it's very warm. Came mm -hmm. from winter, and then I was in the UK before that in winter. So I've just had like three seasons of winter and now I'm in summer. So very, very hot, but I'm enjoying the sunlight a lot. Awesome. Nice. Excellent. And you know, what was the reason for, you know, the big excursion to the UK? Uh, so I'm going to TwitchCon and basically the way that I planned my dates for flying over here were honestly prices. Flight. Yeah. I waited for the cheapest time to leave and to come back. And it just meant that to do that, I had to sort of be away for like two and a half months. Oh. Otherwise, it was like 3,000, 3.5K for the flights. Yeah. yeah so. Well, you know, for, much that. <laughs> for being a content creator, you could really do it anywhere as long as you have a good internet and a good computer. Yeah. Yep. That works yep. out. I'm working, on, I'm working on getting more IRL streaming stuff. So yeah. I've done some things, but it is so finicky. Huge money investment. From an IRL standpoint, what kind of things would you like to do? Uh, so I, I'm going to be IRL streaming at least once a day whilst I'm doing my EU trip. Mm -hmm. So in July, I'm going to a lot of different countries. Oh, nice. Um, as well as TwitchCon in Paris. So I'm going to be streaming a lot of that. Probably not all of it. I mm -hmm. want to just enjoy things. Yes. Obviously outside of stream too, but I'll be doing that. Anything. Okay. Very Mostly cool. tourist things. Yeah. All right. So uh, for the pod, what we normally do to get things going, we do three quick questions. Are you ready? All right. Go ahead. All right. Window or aisle seat when you're flying? Window. Okay. When you're away from home, what do you miss most? A cat, I think. Yeah? Just, you know, the comfortability of you know where you are. Yeah. Okay. And now you're going out to your favorite restaurant. What are you eating? Mm. Burger. Okay. Easy. All right. So now let's, let's start off with this. So right now you're visiting Blitzer Girl. How did you guys meet and, and connect up? Uh, through streaming, uh, so we were both doing archive drops, and it was both of our first times getting the drops, and uh, we're kind of the same in the sense that we get, like, a bit anxious, which I'm pretty sure most people do, but we get a bit anxious. We had a mutual mod at the time who said he was staying up for 24 hours to mod my mm -hmm. drops, um, and then she just watched during the drops, and then we just started hanging out a little bit and started playing games and stuff, and Oh, nice. That and, was, yeah, two years ago. And is this your first time meeting her uh, mm -hmm. IRL? 
Uh, so I obviously met her um, last UK trip. Yeah. Um, and then also she also went to TwitchCon US last year. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And then she has been to Oz before. So uh, we've met a few times yeah. like before that with like a bunch of like people stream and stuff. So. Oh, excellent. All right. So first of all, where does the name come from? Um, so many, many years ago, um, I had a friend and he just called me L train. My mm-hmm. name's Lauren. And honestly, he only called me like once or twice, but when I joined Twitch years and years later, I actually had no idea what to call myself. <laughs> I've never really had like a online alias that I've always used or anything. I mostly just worked when I was younger. Yeah. So I didn't play games as much. Um, so I used L train and oh, then okay. eventually I just slowly managed to get it to train. Nice. All right. And now before you, you hit that go live button, you know, what is your background? Uh, so when I was, I think when I was 17, 18, I started working, um, like transport distribution type stuff. Um, I've honestly done a lot (laughs) over the time. Um, so when I first left school, I did study in education support and special needs, Mm -hmm. uh, for kids. And I did that for a while, but it was quite full on. And I, I truthfully just didn't have the mental strength really. Um, it was quite a lot. So I moved on from that and got some odd jobs here and there. Um, I've been a supervisor. I've been transport manager. I've been OHS worker. I've worked with chemicals. I've <laughs> kind of, yeah, I've pretty much done anything and everything at this point. Um, and then I obviously got into streaming. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So now let's, let's go back to video games. When did video games start <laughs> for you? When did you start picking them up? Um, I think when I was a kid, like really, really young, I played Crash Bandicoot on yep. PlayStation 1. My mom had got me the PS1. Not that we were allowed to play it that much, mm-hmm. but she got the PS1 and I played Crash Bandicoot Spyro like all the time, as much as I could, basically. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't really play games much for a very long time, I think, until Beth Theft Auto Vice City on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Played that. Endlessly, and then again, I didn't really play games that much. Okay, and when did teens? When did PC gaming start for you? <laughs> Not that long ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, like maybe oh, maybe five or six years ago now. Okay, maybe maybe closer to six, seven. I don't know. Time flies, I think, as you get older. But I actually, so I bought a laptop for Diablo three. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my ex, he played it, and I was like, man, this looks fun. And he was playing it a lot, so I was like, I'll give it a go. So I bought a laptop. I don't know why I bought a laptop and not a desktop, but I did it. And then I played D, like D3, and I played hundreds of hours of it. Yeah. And then I'd heard of the game The Division, and I was like, I want to build a PC for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that's when it starts, right? Then I built a PC for it, and I actually played on controller on PC. What? I didn't know how to use mouse and keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Now, yeah. what did you think of Division? It's still my all-time favorite game. Yeah. And now, did you get the uh, DLC, the, the Survivor DLC? I did, yes. But I didn't enjoy Survival as much. I just loved the Dark Zone. Yeah. I was addicted to the PvP BE aspect, which yeah. is probably why I like Tarkov so much. Yeah. It has a lot of similarities. It does. The, the Division was the game that scratched that itch of stash mm-hmm. and PvP, PvE, all in one game. Yep. And, 
you know, when they added VoIP to it and you can hear people like, you know, yes. as you're killing them, their last moments. It's like, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, in, it's, in, it's honestly incredible. And I think if they had, it's a bit harsh, but I think if it was, if it was a different developer mm -hmm. and they had a higher budget and it came out in the last couple years instead of so long ago, yeah. I honestly think it would be one of the most popular. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in it that is so similar to Tarkov, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure people realize that as a unique as Tarkov is, there's quite a lot of aspects that aren't necessarily unique. It's just that it's the first one that actually put a lot of effort into making it good. Yeah. Um, so I wish Division 2 was better. Was I know. It would be very, very disappointing. Very yeah. disappointing. I hear you there. You know, and you're right with Division, like how, you know, the Tarkov similarities. Like, you know, you can, out, you know, building your modding your gun and, and just mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, yeah. It's I guess such... it just had more RPG aspect, right? Instead yeah. of realistic sort of shooter. But yeah. The way we're extracting, right? Now with the tasks that they have, like mm -hmm. I keep trying to say that they should add global tasks. Yes. You know, like kill Rishala this many times in two weeks, and you'll get a reward and things. Yeah. If they did things like that, I I think that it yeah. would rotate the busy maps a lot. I agree 100%. Yeah. When Division added those global tasks, it was just, it was, yeah, it was a good, so fun. A good, yeah, absolutely. And what were those? Uh, it, they were like global modifiers. Mm hmm. You remember those? Yeah. And uh, I can't remember exactly what they were, but they were amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish Darkov just did something a little bit like that. And yeah. It would be incredible. Yeah. For me, the Survivor DLC was the real. <laughs> Like it, it created that, that like, Oh, that, that was good. And then finding Tarkov mm -hmm. was just such a like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, is I played Tarkov years ago. Um, and I'm pretty sure I played one raid with someone. We played woods and I just remember that we walked for so long and we didn't see anyone. And then we died near these log piles. So I now know, now I know that it was woods. Yeah. We died and I was just like, this is the boringest game I've ever played. <laughs> And then I didn't touch it again for you. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. my. And now, what was your first game you did mouse and keyboard then? Division. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I was on controller, but I forced myself to switch. But yeah. I didn't know anything about mouse sense. I didn't know about DPI. I literally had the Mac sense on the game. I'm pretty sure my DPI was set to like 1600 with <laughs> Mac sense in the game. So, yeah, I was... Uh, it took me like a couple of days, like the yeah. mouse, the keyboard aspect, I got used to pretty quickly, but the mouse and aiming, oh, I was <laughs> absolutely horrendous. Oh, and now, okay, so what made you hit that go live button? Uh, so I stopped working, like uh, sort of everyday jobs, I guess I'll call them, mm -hmm. uh, because I needed knee surgery. I suddenly really bad with it and i had a lot of blood in my knee didn't know what was going on yeah for a few months i was struggling to walk struggling to stand sit down and my job at the time was 12 hours on my feet oh shit. so it was like it was pretty rough and then when it was getting to the point where i couldn't even get myself out of my chair or you know oh, wow. sit down properly and then i'm just in agony at night i was like and then one day i just lifted my pants up after work to look at my knee and swollen and of blood and i was like oh my god probably go get it checked yeah so i <laughs> got it checked and then he said you need surgery and it's going to take about six months and i at the time was like six months that's so long and it turned out i ended up waiting two and a half years or something holy two, cow. two and a half years i think it was two years actually yeah, yeah. so um 
And I got into a pretty bad place. I've gone from working a lot. <clears throat> not at all. Being pretty useless. Not yeah. being able to do anything. So I got into a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad place. And um, I was obviously in a relationship at the time. And then obviously that didn't pan out during yeah. the whole process. So I went from, uh, you know, having a lot of my own things. Like a house, a car and everything. Basically having nothing. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I went from like a normal whole life and yeah. life set up to nothing basically. And I was just really depressed. So I played the division for endless hours a day. Yeah. And then eventually I just, friend had suggested it. I don't know why I had the urge to as well. So I just did. And that was how I got into streaming. Oh, wow. I was just playing for like 16 hours a day. So yeah. I just started to hit the, the go live button. Oh my! And now, did you know about Twitch at that point, or did you have friends streaming or anything like this, or was this your first thing? Yeah, I didn't really know much about it. I actually, uh, a year or two before that, I actually had the urge, you know, get into YouTube and make videos and things. And I still remember I deleted them all. And I wish that I didn't (laughs) delete them. I wish that I just had unlisted them or hit them. But I made the most cringe League of Legends (laughs) videos, and I wasn't even that good at League. It was just like. It was just a way for me to try and get into the whole YouTube thing. Yeah. Um, but I had never heard of Twitch. It was just, you, everyone knows what YouTube is, right? Right. If you consider to do anything, you're probably straight away going to be like, yeah, you. But um, yeah, a friend had told me about Twitch and then I just started watching and did it myself. And now what was those first, you know, first streams, like people coming in and, and just you know, strangers coming in and talking? Yeah, it was weird at first i won't lie I, I think that i was a quite different person back then mm-hmm. like still at the core of me but i was obviously younger and i think i was my social skills were far worse than they are now and they're still not too top notch <laughs> so um it was definitely weird but for some reason i liked it and i became addicted to it and i enjoyed talking to people yeah and it's weird because outside of stream i'm actually really quiet mm-hmm. i don't really talk much i i'm sort of more of a social anxiety person there's a lot of people you know uh-huh. and yep. um but then with stream i just got addicted to it and i i just liked it yeah and now today are is your the social anxiety a little less and it's easier in crowds or is it still you you're happy to be in a you know um, hanging out at somebody's house and just you know a few people. I think I do like going out and things, but I think with me, it's more determined on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Because for example, I went to the shops the other day and I was just in a shoe store, but there was so many like, man, London is just continuously busy. Yeah. Like it's a lot to adjust to. And I was just like, ah, oh, you know, lots <laughs> of people like, you know, the house sounds good right now, but yeah, I get over it pretty quickly. Whereas back in the day, I would just choose to never go anywhere. Uh, well, I'll tell you, so I'm, I'm over 50 now. And as I get older, the less I want to be around crowds and people. And yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just like, it's to the point where my wife, you know, I even talking to people, like, you know, if we were going to order out something, she'll call because I don't want to talk to people and I'll go get it. But, <laughs> yeah. But she goes, yeah. I don't understand you. You do a podcast where you talk to strangers and yet you, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just it's weird. It's somehow different though, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's somehow different. I yeah. think if people don't do it they don't understand the the difference but yeah. yeah it's hard to explain yeah absolutely and now what game did you start streaming with <clears throat> the division okay yeah. now what you know sort of what was your path well, oh go ahead 
Actually, there was one game I played before the division. Um, and I only streamed it a couple times, but it was so weird because it got me from like zero viewers to like five. Yeah. <laughs> like within a week. Um, Steep, have you heard of it? Is that the snowboarding one? Yes, yes. we do snowboarding, um, the wingsuit thing. Yes. Yep. It's actually to this day a goddamn incredible game. Yeah. But it just, it never got any marketing for it and it didn't really have any viewership on Twitch. But it's an amazing game. It's yeah. so fun. Um, and beautiful graphics for its time. Beautiful yes. Graphics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, streamed that a couple of times and went from like zero to five viewers yeah. average. <laughs> and then I moved to the division. Um, oh, shoot. So I guess technically the division, but. Yeah. Okay. And now, you know, how, if somebody's coming into a train stream, what is what are they experiencing? Well, <laughs> lately, it's been interesting <laughs> um i mean i don't i don't know how pg your podcast is but I just... hey it is so what i say to every creator that comes on it is your pod <laughs> whatever we go whatever you want to say <laughs> is your so you know i've i've had well, you know sam on and and he goes i have slush puppy so slush puppy's been on. Oh, okay so i'm safe i'm safe you're I'm safe. safe there's yeah. nothing yeah. you can go past if what slush he's... has been on i'm safe yes lately um because i'm doing the killer farming we literally just talk about anything and everything all day like yeah. Which is actually quite nice. They're making it tolerable. Whereas I've, if I didn't stream, I would just not even do it. Like I'd be like, <laughs> nope. But um, we all have this weird, uh, this weird uh, fascination with these nuts jokes. So that's been a thing for the last few months. Anything yeah. and everything possible to say that to. Um, and then on top of that, we've got this PP command that tells you how many inches. You know, your tick is. And that seems to be a thing. And then besides that, we just endlessly talk about food. So. Yeah. Lately, that's probably been the uh, the vibe, but it's okay. all fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And now, since you hit that go live button, you know what's been some of the toughest things? Um, I think it's the same for everyone. Seeing declining and plateauing a lot. Yeah. You know, um, I try to. I don't really do much networking anymore. Um, and I I don't really hang out into Twitch streams much anymore. Um, I just sort of stick to myself and do my own thing, but there's definitely been very big changes, you know, since COVID and mm -hmm. then after COVID and just seeing, you know, your finances go down and having that, not having that security, it can be yeah. pretty stressful. And it's the same for every streamer, but trying to force yourself to be consistent fight mm -hmm. it is quite hard. Like finding that motivation sometimes is quite hard Yeah. do. So I guess just mental health more. Yeah. Probably the toughest part with streaming, really. And now, how, how, when did you first go live? A very good question. Um, I think I have a five-year sub now. Okay. So this is actually a second channel. So my first channel, I think, was maybe six years ago. Yeah. And I deleted that and came back and streamed on this one. So I still have um, OGs, definitely not as many over time. Yeah. Life, but yeah, I think on this channel, five and a half years. Okay. Because I did have a period where I didn't turn on my affiliate or have any donations. Sort of, I didn't take anything. I just streamed. Yeah. So yeah, about five and a half. Okay, and now over that period <laughs> of time, you know, as a streamer, content creator, it's you know. 
you don't have vacation. You don't have sick days. How have you been, you know, how do you manage sort of like, because you need, you know, people need breaks. You can't do this seven days a week, yeah. six days a week. How have you built in sort of like, you know, these, you know, trips like this? Because <laughs> what I've heard from other um, creators is when you take that time off, your viewership takes a, a, you know, it takes a knock. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, so I suffer from quite severe migraines. Yeah. Um, And just health. I've had a lot of health issues in this time that I've been streaming. So I've had a lot of downtime. Like people have seen me move house multiple times. I've got a million different clips with a million different rooms. I've got, <laughs> you know, I've got clips of me with an iPad. I've got clips of me with this headgear on. Like I've had a lot of stuff throughout oh, no. the years. So I've had a lot of time off just in general. Mm -hmm. And it never really for me personally... It definitely impacts your viewership. It just takes a couple of days for them to sort of come back and get used to you streaming again. Yeah. But for me, I always had a pretty consistent poor viewership. And even to this day, I have. And I think it's just because I was always transparent. Um, I was always transparent about the fact that, like, look, like, I suffer from these really bad migraines. I have to take, like, five, yeah. six days off every month. And that's just sort of the way it is. And I hate it, but there's nothing I could really do about it. Yeah. Um. So the actual core viewership that I have and the people that... uh. You know, uh, not just someone that comes in like once a week or something. They're mm -hmm. pretty incredible. Like, oh, good. I'm pretty lucky that I have um, really good viewer retention, basically. Yeah. Um, over the years. Nice. And now, over the years, what have been some of the highlights since going live? Um, to be honest, I think they all made me a better person. Yeah. <laughs> as, as weird as that seems, but I've learned a lot from dreaming in general about people mm -hmm. about myself and just how to try and like handle situations better and how to like not let certain people or certain things affect me as yeah. deeply and i still suffer from that problem like it could be the simplest joke and i'm just like i overthink it like crazy yeah but, um they all really did make me a better person they helped me grow into someone that i think i more am mm -hmm. and a little bit more confident and I guess for that, I'll always be appreciated, really. Nice. And now... I tell him that, though. <laughs> no. I'll get a big head. We'll delete that. This is just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for Train's Patreon, that's where they'll get access to this. <laughs> yeah, that's where they'll see it. <laughs> and now, since you went, you know, since you went live, have you seen a gradual increase in your numbers, or were there certain points where all of a sudden you saw your numbers jump up because of certain events or things like that? Um, so for me, I've played a lot of games over the years. I mean, in the last two and a half, three years, it's mainly been Tarkov. Mm -hmm. And I do regret that slightly, which I'm pretty sure most streamers end up regretting a little bit. Yeah. Um, but before that, I actually played a lot of games. Like I played Siege and I played PUBG. I played CS. I played The Division. Like I didn't really care as much. Yeah. Um, but there were definitely times where I noticed like spikes in my viewership and when I played Siege, I was getting a little bit more. I think I had like 30 to 40 viewers and I was like, whoa, this is a lot, you know? Yeah. And at the time I was playing competitive Siege and then um, I tried EFT and then I just wanted to keep playing that. <laughs> and uh, I switched and for a few days I noticed I had like maybe two thirds of viewership mm -hmm. and then I just started to like grow quite a lot. So within the month I went from like 30 odd average like a hundred. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I think I came into EFT at a good time. Mm -hmm. 
I came in just before the crazy Twitch drops, the very first Twitch Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Just before. So I kind of like, I got a good viewership just before that happened. Yeah. And then that even made it bigger, right? And so I kind of grew with it. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that Christmas when the first drops came and <clears throat> Pestley was ro- dropping like 100,000 people. And it I think was he just... had more than that, hey? I yeah. think he had like 180K or something. It was, it was crazy. And chat was yeah. yelling at him to run commercials, run ads so he yes. can get the revenue. It was it was such an amazing time. I really think that <clears throat> um, like with Twitch ads and things, because that was when they were starting to get more, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I really think that Pestley making it known about the ads i honestly think paved the way for more patience and more understanding that streamers are doing it in general yeah like since then i really think he helped start a trend that made it slightly okay that people are going to run ads and when people raid now everyone still says give ads right right so like yeah he really he set a good trend i think Mm -hmm. yeah and now speaking of raids (laughs) any big raids that happened to you over time um, the very first big raid I got, I was playing the division, and it was from uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, Badjo, he's an okay. Aussie guy, and he's actually from a TV series here, and he started streaming, and he had raided me when I was on division, and I think he raided me with like three hundred and fifty people. Yeah. And at the time, I think I had twenty viewers, and I was so nervous. It was crazy. It was the most <laughs> adrenaline rushing thing. Yeah. Um, and then. As time went on, I didn't really get too much. Mm-hmm. I started playing EFT, and then it wasn't right away, but after I had played Hest, he obviously raided me. So that was like around 3 to 4K, and yeah, I was very nervous then too. Yeah. And then um, that's happened a few times now, so it gets a little bit easier, but yeah, it's still pretty nerve-wracking. It is nothing. There's nothing that can prepare you to go from like, here's your house party with, you know, five or ten of your friends. And then all of a sudden, wham, <laughs> there's 300 people or a few thousand people now. Yeah. Like, yeah, woohoo, let's go. The good thing is, is that most people actually lurk. And that's what I've learned over time, especially pest viewers, that he has a lot of lurkers. Yeah. You know, quiet supporters that are usually just watching while they're doing something. And I do as well, honestly. A lot of people are working or they're playing a game. Yeah. And, um... So it's, it's, if I tell myself that, it's a little bit less scary, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's still pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. And now, do you remember your Twitch partner story? So I applied twice. Mm-hmm. The first time I got denied. And I was so sad. Like, I don't know why, but it just rumbled me. And I read it. I read the email. I was like, guys, I got a Twitch email. And it, I got denied. And I like cried <laughs> i i felt so sad and disappointed i just cried and then i was like all right i'm gonna get off and then i came back the next day and i kept trying yeah i just kept grinding right but uh, basically i just needed to have more concert viewers that work for me essentially is what they told mm-hmm. i needed to get the raid lower and then so i just streamed a lot for the next i applied again and <laughs> And now, do you and do you remember where you were where you were when you got the notification? Were you live or were you off? You know, doing other things. Actually, I can't remember. No, um, I don't think I was live at the because I after that first time being denied, I was like, I'm never opening a Twitch notification or email again on stream. Does <laughs> anyone want the same thing to happen? So yeah, I, I don't think I was live, um, but I think after I applied, I kept checking. Okay. 
And now, you know, if somebody's thinking about, you know, hitting the go live button, what kind of advice would you, you know, have for them? It's funny because a lot of people ask that, right? And a mm -hmm. lot of people ask, like, what advice do you have for someone that wants to stream or wants to get partnered or wants affiliate? And it's such a hard question because at the end of the day, everybody knows best. It's really clouded by anxiety and fear of this. Yeah. But as harsh as it, as it is, you kind of just need to live through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you need to have those mistakes and you need to go through the hiccups. And you yeah. need to go through all the interactions that you do and don't like in order to get a real feel for how you're going to cope yeah. and or if you actually like it. Because we can always give tips to people, but it's so different for every person. Yeah. And there's like, there's like maybe like a set of rules you should try and apply to, but in the end, same with anything, you just go through it yeah. <laughs> and learn for yourself. Because you'll know if you don't like it, right? Right. If you like it, you'll keep doing it and you'll just naturally want to do it. But mm -hmm. if you don't like it, you'll just not do it. Yeah. Right. And now, how's it, you know, how has it been meaning Tarkov? Have you switched up any games during the, you know, the lulls or like sort of the downtime? Or have you just, you know, stuck with Tarkov? Um, I think because I've had so much time off in general. Yeah. Uh, over the last couple of years that I didn't really too much feel the need to do something else. Yeah. I do slightly regret it because there were definitely times where I was frustrated and instead of streaming it, stream. Yeah. Um. But in the last couple subathons and tipathons, I've played some other games, and it's actually been quite nice. Oh, good. It's been a good break. And then this wipe now, I've been able to play more than I sort of have for a very long time because my health has been better. Yeah. So now it's gotten to this point, and I'm like, I've played other games because I'm like, I think I'm like level 65, and I know there's some other people that are like level 70 or whatever, but yeah, with all the bugs and stuff, I just... I just don't have that mental resilience as much now. I don't think not after like nine thousand hours. I just... Right, yeah. It's uh, it's it's been a I don't want to say it's been a tough year, but like I remember last summer the wipe seemed like the not the patience, but just the the drive people had to play the game hit quicker. And then this time around Christmas wipe, mm -hmm. it seems like it just you know out of the gates they had you know the audio issues. It's even fast. Yeah, it it just yeah. seems yeah. I think that um, it'll still be one of my main games, mm -hmm. but, you know, with my IRL content that's coming and stuff like that, I just, I just think that I need to separate slightly from it because yeah. it's turning into, you know, like streaming for me, something that was an escape and helped me deal with certain things. But now I'm trying to find things outside of streaming that can help me deal with stream. Right. And when it gets like that, it's sort of, it becomes less enjoyable in general. Mm -hmm. um, and it's taken a very, very big like, mental health in general yeah. last year. So for me, playing other games, it's stressful, but I'm trying to force myself. To yeah. <laughs> and well, I'm trying to set up, you know, financial options that aren't just streaming a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Slowly. It's, it seems to me last summer... <laughs> it made a lot of content creators who were Tarkov focused get out of their comfort zone and try other games. You know, people yeah. branched off into DayZ. They, they had um, uh, Rust and uh, COD and things like that, which now looking at those, you know, some of those creators, they've, you know, you haven't seen I've them done in Tarkov. Well. Yeah. And, yeah. And the yeah. community stayed with them or their community stayed with them and they picked up some other yeah. people. I think that there's definitely a drop off and, I think that the people that 
um, you know, do have the higher numbers, capitalizing on that, I think is really important. And I think that the people that, you know, are definitely a little bit more, not just game orientated, but personality orientated, yeah. you see they do well, right? Like, Ray is like a good example. Yeah. He's like, he's had, got a really big EFT community, mm -hmm. but like, he's also just his own person, his own yeah. personality, and he's gone and he's taken that to something else. And whilst he has dropped a little bit, he's actually done really well with it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I think it's a little bit harder for people that have lower viewership. I think that's yeah. definitely a thing, but you just need to sort of be a little bit better, I suppose. And yeah. Try your best. Yeah, absolutely. And now, what was your path to Tarkov? How did you end up finding the game? Um, so, obviously, I played it, like, years ago, that one time, and I was like, it's the boringest game yeah. ever. I was like, why does anyone <laughs> play this? I just ran for 20 minutes to just get one tap. Like, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, And then I had a friend that I met through Siege. She had said, play this game with me. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I played it, and I just found myself, like, playing on my own. But yeah. I would do, like, night raids, or I would go shoreline, and I would just loot the <laughs> there was like these small little itches that I had to play the game and I was so terrified of it that I would take in a hatchet. Yeah. I would go to factory night. I would loot a couple crates and it didn't matter at the time because even if I died to a scab, I had that stuff in like butt, right? So it right. was like, it, it didn't matter too much. It wasn't that detrimental. And yeah, I was terrified to even play the game at the beginning. Oh Lord. But that's how I started playing. All right. I think that lasted for a day and a half and then I wanted to do things. It didn't take long. <laughs> and now, what is the, you know, what is the hook? 9,000 hours later, you're still playing. What is the hook that Tarkov has? Mm, I think the PvP, probably. Yeah. But the fact that I don't enjoy the PvP as much lately. Like, it's funny, though, because when I have a really good PvP moment, I'm like, like, it's still just as good. Yeah. Those moments seem far more rare these days that... It yeah. feels like I'm continuously searching for PvP instead of just naturally coming across it like you used to. Yeah. Um, but probably the PvP and just... I think that there is a skill difference in Tarkov. Mm -hmm. And there is a little bit less these days as time has gone on. But when I first started getting into the PvP, like, I felt like there was a skill difference. Yeah. Because now there is definitely with movement, like... You have to know how to work with the actor and stuff and, you know, be good at the quick peeking and stuff. Not many people know how to do that, but yeah. <clears throat> besides that, making rebels is easy. I mean, doing most things in the game is pretty easy now. Yeah. So it, it feels like there's less skill difference in general. And uh, yeah, Tarkov is, is unique. For me, you know, when I found this game, it just scratched an itch like no other game has. And, it, and you know, even to this day, I can still remember key moments, like flashbulb mo uh, moments of like that no game has ever, you know, done, yeah. you know, created. How about for you? Is there like certain moments you can still remember, like, you know, a certain raid or, you know, a certain encounter? I think the first time I killed a squad, I was like, and I killed them in like, I think it was like 10 seconds. I go three, well, four guys in like 15 seconds but the funny thing about the clip is one of them i didn't realize was pk oh shit. but i was so zoned in that i and i was there were so many people around me that i didn't realize that my teammate had ran towards me so i killed four <laughs> guys but one of them was a teammate so i got three of them and i was so like i had so much adrenaline coursing through my veins yeah and it like the three kills that i got was like yeah in 10 seconds and i was like whoa <laughs> Um, yeah. The first time I got Kappa was 
pretty good because when I first played, I actually didn't do any tasks. Mm-hmm. I barely did any tasks. I just played and I got to level 42 and got max. Yeah. That was how I did it. I just killed people, killed things. I didn't bother with tasks. And then after, I think, three wipes, I was kind of like, um, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go for it. I'll challenge myself. And it seemed to be very interactive stream because they like helping and yeah. they like when you're going for goals and things. And mm-hmm. so I did it. So the first time I got Kappa is was pretty good. Yeah. Now, do you remember what was the last thing you had to do? Was there a certain item? Is that last item that you were searching for to get the Kappa or, or a certain quest? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. But I can remember this wipe. I was like, yes, I have everything. I'm so excited. Handed everything in. And then I needed the golden like rooster. And uh. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, I was so sad. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go woods. I'm going to scav run and we're going to find one. Yeah. On the first raid. So. Oh, Wow. There yeah. seems to be always something we forget every time. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, Nikita knows when you need something and, you know, you just, you everybody else it. is finding it around you and yeah. you just can't find it. Yeah. 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 Uh, always like that. And at what, you know, what is, what was your sort of hardest thing to learn playing Tarkov? Hmm. Probably, even though it seems so simple now, things like gun modding. Yeah. And just remembering all the items. In- but even to this day, I'm very forgetful. Like, I have really bad memory issues, even though I'm quite young. <laughs> they're quite horrendous. And so I still struggle to actually mod guns. Yeah. So, like, I'll still have the same issue where I'm like, cat, like, what do I do? Like, what am I doing wrong here? And um, probably that and remembering all the items. Yeah. And in the beginning, I struggled remembering. Yeah. Um, I struggled to remember the difference between like 556, 545. Oh, okay. And even yeah. now, there's still all the different 762 variations, and I can't for the life of me remember. I'll just be like, <laughs> so is that the BP and the PS that goes in the AKM, or is it like a different 762? Like, I'll still start ask the same questions yeah. to this day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now, what's your, you know, sort of when wipe happens these days, you know, what are your first things you just try to focus on? Do you focus on just getting, you know, some quests or, you know, getting a certain type of kit that you like to roll with? I do the quest as quickly as I can, but I cannot stand doing tasks. No rubles. Yeah. I don't enjoy that. I know some people like it and they're like, I don't care about low rubles, but I cannot stand it. So for the first like hour or two, probably for the first two hours, I will, um, I'll obviously do PMC raids, but in between every PMC raid, I'll do a scav raid. Yeah. If they're going a bit rough, it, it'll depend, depend on my confidence and how the PMC raid went. So if I'm playing well and I'm like confident that I'll be okay, I'll just do one or two scav runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're going a little bit rough, I'll do scav runs yep. in between just for an hour or two. And then once I get a little bit of rubles and I don't feel so like, pressured then i just don't care from then it's just mainly pmc okay and now you know this path to kappa was there a certain quest that was just such a really pain in the butt that you just like hated you dreaded um i think that being australian you kind of know that some tasks get harder the longer you wait Mm -hmm. and this wipe was a little bit better but for example like tarkov shooter eight we need to get three pmc kills on woods In one raid with mm-hmm. a bolty. Yep. I actually quite like it, but yeah, I'm not sure people outside of Australia realize how different our game play has to be 
just because we know that that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and playing at certain times of the night or day, it's not always busy, even at wipe, it has its quieter times, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare because it's start a wipe. So the, for the first two months, it's quite busy. But once that third month hits, tell. And so there are things like Shooterborn and Cycle Shooter 8 that uh-huh. I really try to get done fast because they rely on such RNG and I want to try and maximize that my raids are full. Right. And obviously there are certain tasks that you can get shooter born on quite easily. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Just things like that really. Okay. And how was, how was getting shooter born on streets? I had issues learning spots for it. Yeah. In the first couple of hours, but then after that it was, it was just a matter of RNG and going there. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I got two in one raid, I think oh, it wasn't nice. too bad. Yeah. Yeah, did I hear you correctly say you said you like that 3 PMC bolty kill on woods in one raid? I like it, oh. yes, but I'm a but not so much anymore. Yeah. So this wipe I don't like it as much. Mainly because hit reg seems a little bit eh. Mm-hmm. And I've always sort of been someone that I will for fun use a bolt action with a hollow site. Yeah. Like in general. <laughs> Just on maps, I've always done that. So when it comes to doing the three-in-one raid, yeah. I actually like it a lot because you need to be really good. You need um, to be sort of close to medium range. Right. That's how I play it with a hollow or an iron sight. Yeah. And I just run around like this chicken, basically. <laughs> and it's like the essence of my gameplay. It's really aggressive. I move a lot and I like quick peeking. Um, so it's like it really brings out like the best parts of my gameplay. Yeah. But hit reg this wipe seemed pretty... Yeah. Pretty questionable and with the lag issues we had at the beginning, mm-hmm. so I didn't enjoy it as much. Okay. Now, do you prefer rolling solo or with a couple of teammates? I really try to avoid more than a duo. Yeah. <laughs> I have more this wipe. Like, usually I'm always like, nah, more than duo, I can't do it because mm-hmm. I get really overwhelmed audio-wise, like yes. really overwhelmed. Um, so I'm, for the most part, solo, but this wipe I've done more duos and duos and I ever have and yeah. i think it's just i just don't enjoy sort of the game as thoroughly as i did mm-hmm. so i sort of doing more silly things and trying to have fun with other people yeah yes yeah it's if anything has if tarkov has shown me anything it is how bad we are is at communicating especially if you're trying to run a <laughs> yeah. trio or four god bless you if you run a five man yeah i i i don't know how people do it yeah Duo for me sometimes, depending how I am that day, is yep. even a lot for me. Um, yeah. I'm very, I'm very, I don't, I mean, I don't know how to say it without, like, I guess sounding rude because I'm always down to play with anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, always. Um, like, I do duos with people from stream and it's always a fun time because it's like you meet new people and you have fun. Yeah. But for people that I play with a lot, I can be a little bit, I don't know how to say it without sounding like <laughs> kind of like an asshole, but... I can be a little bit picky in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I prefer sort of more relaxed people yep. um, and quieter people, which is interesting because I play with Triangle and she's super loud, but she's super fun, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's fine. But she's like, she's probably someone that is like, you know, she's really loud mm-hmm. and, you know, she's, um, you know, always cracking jokes and thing. And she's the only person that I've been able to play with that is sort of kind of like that. Yeah. So you must be pretty cool if I... <laughs> I play with her a lot despite that, but usually I play with sort of more quieter people. Yeah. Because I get really overwhelmed. No. 
I hear you there. It's, it's just, you know, it's one of those games. I, you know, I play with some people that are just chatty. It's like, oh, my God, we're, you're running through woods <laughs> trying to focus. And yeah. you're talking about some TV show or something you ate. It's <laughs> yeah. like, shush. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. I think sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, depending who you play with. Right. It just depends on how you are that day, mm-hmm. right? But you get comfortable with certain people. So if you play with people enough, even if someone talks a lot, yeah. you get used to how they are sort of thing. So yeah. it's not too bad. And, and the, the other thing I find interesting is when you play with somebody new, your call-outs may be a little bit different as to, you know, what's, yes. you know, that's the other thing that's, yeah. that's interesting. I think because I played solo for so long, I never really had to worry about call-outs mm-hmm. much. And <laughs> there's plenty of times now where someone will be like, what do you call this? And I'll be like, that place over there. <laughs> like, I don't have a call-out for it because I've never needed one. Right. Um, so it's still, yeah, it's still yeah. a problem. And then also I feel a lot of pressure with, you know, squads or duos to always have the best comms and play well so that they don't die. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why it affects me so heavily, but I feel so bad. Like if I make a mistake and it yep. gets someone killed or I make a bad call out, because I'm horrendous. Like I fumble with my brain so much and I know that I've gotten people killed. I feel so guilty. I hate it. So then <laughs> I'm like, oh, I should play solo. Like <laughs> I'm getting people killed over right. here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and the other thing, playing with other people, for me, it it, it all uh, my play style changes. It's like I'm so concerned that I don't want to lose. Like you were saying, you don't want to lose a teammate. So like you're mm-hmm. either you know playing sort of more over aggressive than you normally play, or it's just yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah, I think my play style changes a little bit depending who I'm playing with. Yeah, but I think it's just because I am quite aggressive and I run around like crazy. Yeah. So when I know that someone's not necessarily like that, I don't want them to feel like, you know, it's not a duo or something. So I slow down a bit. Yeah. Like I want them to feel like we're playing together. You yeah. know, it's not just you've come along for the ride type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, something I think it was Pest that says, you know, streaming Tarkov <laughs> is almost like the perfect game to stream because you have their up lows and sort of like uh, highs and lows when you're in stash and, you know, chat with Chad or while you're going into yeah. a raid. And when you're in the raid, it's almost like everybody's quiet and just watching you do your thing. Yeah. You can also just sort of choose to just chill if you want to raid, right? Yeah. Like you choose your, like your pace. If you want to just chill and snipe and do something, I mean, you have that option. Yeah. And then there's obviously situations where you are concentrating like crazy because you're in a big PVP session. And you're so concentrated, you're like, and chats, you know, they're reacting, but you're just so concentrated. <laughs> and then eventually you come back to them. You're just like, yeah. oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> hi, guys. Like, so, yeah, it is a pretty good game. Yeah. And now something that's unique with Tarkov, I think, is your stash management. So, like, as a content creator, mm-hmm. when you go live, before you go live, are you making sure your stash is all organized, ready to go for a few raids? Or is it just, a you know, I actually order? don't. I actually don't. But... I have been considering doing that. Yeah. Because that downtime, it adds up and trying to minimize that. Especially now that I'm doing the killer hunting, Mm -hmm. trying to minimize that and having kits ready seems to be like a big time saver because I'm in and out of the raid within like five minutes. Yeah. And if I die, then I'm out earlier, but then I'm spending five seconds getting a kit when that could be two raids trying to get killer. So it's like... I'm trying to maximize that. And I honestly think that wipe is coming. I feel like I'm on a even like quicker <laughs> clock. Yeah. I'm like, I'm rushing wipe right now because I actually really want it, but I have a feeling that I'm not going to get it. Just wipe's going to come. So yeah, it sucks. But at so, the end of the day, it just means it'll be easier next. 
Yes. Now, do you really think Wipe is coming soon? Honestly, I really hope not. Yeah. But yes, I do. So, I hope not because <clears throat> nothing's changed. And right. And like I say, it's people we should never assume. So they could, you know, do the Wipe and they've made bulk changes to tasks and right. progression and how it works. And I'll be like, okay, cool. But, um, I mean, they've always done a Wipe when I'm busy. Yeah. Uh... So... It's probably coming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to be traveling a lot next month. So, yeah, it's probably coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are definitely and, in that window where they've wiped in the past, but, like, yep. you know, what is really coming in this next update? It's more of a technical update. We're not getting a lot that I think, really... Haven't they already done the technical, up, technical well, they update? Did one the next technical one's update. Unity, right? Yeah, Unity's built yeah. into that. But as far as, like, content and quests changes, and I don't think there's a yeah. lot of that, so... I think that they are going to wipe, and I think that they're going to do the same time. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know yeah, about anything to do with game engines or how it all works, yeah. but just thinking from a BSG standpoint, they are going to want to limit how much downtime or there possibly could be. And I, so I think that they're going to like group it all up and they're going to yeah. wipe, going to do server resets because they have, will have to wait. And then I think that, that just them being how they are, they'll mm -hmm. want to do it all at once. Yeah. And then they'll probably not do proper server maintenance for the next. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, just the, what they did at Christmas time with the audio was so broke. It's just like, oh my yeah. Lord. Yeah. That I mean, I respect that they're trying. Yep. But holy moly, they are so lucky. I think that they have. Such a core player base. Yeah. They have such a dedicated player base because if this was, I mean, if this was COD or something, people give up on those games yeah. so quickly. And you've got people like like me or Pest. I mean, Pest obviously has done a lot more outside of Tarkov in the yeah. last few months. Like, good, but he's still a core player mm -hmm. for Tarkov. Glorious. Yeah. You know, like, and Trey kids. and, yeah. Yeah. You've got all of these people, and then obviously there's like all of us slightly smaller people that mm -hmm. we do really help keep the game going. And I think if they didn't have all of us, I really think that the game would be such worse, yeah, player base wise. And yeah, I think they're just lucky. Yes, yeah. I think I think that I just think they're lucky they've got these people. Better links. Yeah. It's, yeah, because if, if they didn't have those people or have a game that has such a uniqueness to it, yeah, yeah, people wouldn't be sticking around. I mean, Starfield, not that Starfield is PvP, but mm -hmm. it has some, you know, pretty intense aspects yeah. like Tarkov does. Marathon, like if they do well, like it will hurt Tarkov. And yeah. I think that they know that. And... I think that it will never compare and there will always, if certain things don't change and get over time, then it's slowly worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gradually worse. And now, you know, you with your sort of, you know, competitive CS uh, background, Siege, are you looking for Arena? I just want to fix that. I never did competitive CS. Oh, okay. I was so bad at that game. <laughs> <laughs> like I could hit my shots, but yeah. my positioning, anything to do with utilities, I was Freaking horrendous. <laughs> horrendous. I played it for like two months, got to gold, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Done. And I think some games I even got carried by my teammates, which I'll never tell them. But yeah, I was horrendous. Absolutely horrible. Oh, 
All right. So with your two months of competitive CS and your uh, siege experience, are you looking forward to arena? Um, honestly, no. Yeah. Because for me, again, I'm not sure people realize how different competitive sort of games are in Australia. It's just not as enjoyable. Yeah. Even for me, EFT as it is, it's like, I very rarely play OC anymore. I stopped because I was getting stream sniped a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of toxic masculinity in Australian servers. Oh, really? It's, yeah, like a lot of people are lovely, but it's also very, um, very like toxic and clicky yeah. and I don't really have the energy for that. Yeah. And the same thing in Siege, it was so toxic and gross. And yeah. It, like, the reason I stopped competitive Siege was just because I was sick of having just so many, like, groups of men just be, you know, assholes. And oh the same Lord. thing happens on EFT in Oz. Like, everybody knows everyone. Yeah. And I've met a lot of incredible people. I really have. But when it comes to competitive aspects or yeah. tryharding or PvP, I don't know what happens, but holy, they are some of the most toxic people no I've ever met. Oh, yeah, that's awful. like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to paint a bad name for yeah. Oz. It's just the fact of the matter is, is, is there's just less people. Yeah. Right? So you don't encounter new people as often, and you don't encounter, um, yeah. you know, as many people in general. So you experience the bad a little bit more, right? That's just natural, and it's right. not necessarily anything against Australians. It's just that. We don't have the player base to make it always unique. Yeah. And it'll turn into the same thing where I'll probably just be bursting the same stack of people all the time. Yeah. And I just don't enjoy that. Yeah. It's not <laughs> um, worth it. It's, it'll be fun, I think. And look, it could, could entirely surprise me. And it could end up being something that's completely new and good. And there'll yeah. be enough people that play it that it won't be a problem. But... I don't have much hope for it in the sense of yeah. you being in Australia doing it. All right. Basically. Do it in another country? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was something I was going to ask you, you know, about, you know, being a female content creator. And, you know, a lot of the females that have been on the pod, you know, they have good things to say about the Tarkov community. Uh, but I've heard a lot of bad things about the six uh, Rainbow Six Siege community being very toxic. Oh, how's your, so bad. How's your overall experience been from a female content creator standpoint? I think with me, I'm not really someone that will let someone, like, I guess, do some stupid shit. Like, I don't have any fear to tell someone to F off. Yeah. Or to tell someone that they're being, like, chauvinistic, you know. Yeah. Arsehole. I don't have any fear for that. I've always sort of been very forward. And if someone's being genuinely disrespectful or sexist, I just... I've always had the balls to just be like, no, like, shut up, basically. Yeah. Um, And I think that the problem with that sometimes is that you know, you can come across a little bit harsher than you intend to. But at the end of the day, um, it's definitely worse at times. Mm -hmm. But you just sort of have to have the balls to tell people to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just always done that, which is probably slightly why I'm also, you know, not that close to people in the competitive scenes or PvP aspects in my server because yeah. I don't have the energy for you know, the sort of masculine sort of egotistical vibe that comes from a lot of people yeah. with like those sort of games. And obviously 
I am quite defensive like most women are when it comes to gaming and yeah. competitiveness because we've just experienced so much shit over the time, right? Yeah. So we come across slightly more standoffish than, you know, we intend to. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just want people to piss off, honestly. <laughs> well, and, it's it, they deserve it. There's no reason for that today. Yeah. There's no reason for that ever. It's just, it's I don't get it in today's day and age that that's still... Yeah, in, it's quite odd, isn't it? Yeah. Considering how inclusive and diverse the world is these days yeah. it's still that weird thing it's quite odd but most of the time honestly these days it becomes laughable more than anything yeah. and yeah ah. it, it doesn't usually piss me off too much anymore yeah well, probably because i stopped playing oce yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um, yeah so that when you are running some duos who's who do you normally roll with um so the person i play with most i think in the last couple of years is uh, a friend called sparksy mm-hmm. um He's like a really good friend. He's probably like one of my best friends, yeah. like IRL and in general. Um, yeah, I've played with him a lot. He's really chill. He's good at the game. It's just, even though sometimes we get so used to playing with each other that we don't even communicate po- properly, we just yeah. assume we know what's going on with the other person. Um, yeah, probably him. He's always he's always a good time. And yeah. I don't really feel too much pressure or anything. It's just like relaxed gameplay and nice. You know, if you die, you die. Yeah. Sort of thing. So probably him I played with the most, yeah. All right. And now, you know, you're over in the UK, you know, staying with Blitzer Girl. How is it adapting using somebody else's setup? You're, you're not so home. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard because you get used to how your game runs, how your keyboard feels, the yeah. mouse pad, like, and I didn't think it would matter that much, but like I have a 27-inch monitor at home. Yeah. And she has a 24, and I'm like, whenever I play, sometimes I'm like, like I'm really looking because I feel like I can't see as much and it changed my sense. And yeah. for a couple of days I was like, man, I was like, why am I missing everything? Like I haven't changed anything. And then I was like, ah, oh. the actual <laughs> monitor ch- like changed. Yeah. And I was like, guys, does that make a difference? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so my sense is weirdly enough, even though it's meant to go lower, I've actually upped it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, Pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. Pretty okay. Hard. So last year in uh, uh, TwitchCon in San Diego, was that your first TwitchCon experience? Mm-hmm. And yeah. how was how did that how was that whole experience? It was pretty. It was pretty surreal as well as eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, because okay, TwitchCon itself, I <laughs> this is how you get unpartnered on Twitch, but I think it's a waste of money. Yeah, I do. I think the like what it is i actually think that pax in melbourne was far better than that and yeah. if it's pax in australia i'm saying it's better than the TwitchCon, then it can't be that great do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and gosh, why do ads always play and they bring volume in even though there was <laughs> nothing else like turned up um sorry so um TwitchCon itself is actually kind of air but yeah. it, the people that go and the people that you meet are definitely worth it yeah yeah, that's what I heard. I heard, you know, at in San Diego, it was like, eh, for TwitchCon, but outside, everybody getting together, seeing everybody was a, you know, that was yeah. the experience. It was pretty cool. And you realize how niche the Tarkov community is and yeah. just how big it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I got to meet a lot of people and that you obviously wouldn't have the chance to meet in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I think it's worth going to, but if you don't care for the actual convention and you don't want to give that money for the ticket, just yeah. don't go and meet up with anyone after. And now, 
something that's unique, I guess, for, you know, content creators is like, you know, you're going to TwitchCon, you have people that sort of like, you know, not your idols, but peers, like you sort of like, you know, admire and whatnot. And then you turn around and then there's your community who's looking at you as like, yeah, you know, oh, wow, excited, excited to see you and things like that. <laughs> yeah. How is that? You know, just sort of like, you know, experiencing I think that. for me, I think for me, it's very surreal. I mean, I don't have, you know, a huge community. I have a like kind of big community and there are people that know of me, but I don't have like a massive, so I don't you know, all the time have massive groups of people right. like coming up to me or anything. But I've definitely had situations where, um, you know, people are happy to see me and it's the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. Even to me, it is the most wild thing because I'm like, I literally just press a button, play a video <laughs> game and you guys just for some reason, they just like, I don't know if admire is the right, right yeah. word. I'm not really good with words, but it's crazy to think that someone could admire you, mm -hmm. I suppose. And, and almost look up to you in ways like that to me is crazy yeah. and when i went to the first dream hack when pest did the panel and things uh, and things with like toast slash red ops me yeah him that was a pretty crazy surreal situation because you have two ways about it you have all these people and so many people won't even know who you are mm -hmm. and it's like oh all right <laughs> but then you also have like so many people that did know who you are and there were people they wanted me to like sign something and that to me i was like for the first time in my life i was like how do i sign train <laughs> right. like no one's ever asked this before i've never had to do this and yeah. yeah it's crazy i you leave on a very big high yeah and that can be shut down pretty easily with streaming because <laughs> it you know it does that but even the last stream hack i did IRL stream and there were a few there that were from stream and yeah it's just amazing like these people are just like you know and they want to take a picture with you and it's yeah. like it's the most adorable and incredible thing that you could possibly never explain yeah like oh fantastic it's insane yeah. yeah yeah now you're look. are you looking forward to because this next twitch con's in paris right yes i'm so looking forward to it. oh nice i paris canada new york are three places that i want to go once yeah. in my life okay so i'm about to tick off one yeah i need to uh, I need to kick off the other two at some point. So now when you came over to San Diego in the fall, was that your first time in America? Mm-hmm. So oh. that was the first time that I've properly traveled ever. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty intense <laughs> for the for first time yeah. properly traveling. Yeah. And now what was your thoughts of coming to America? You know, anything that really stuck out? Hmm. Well... You want full honesty? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, so you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm a Canadian, so it's good. <laughs> oh, cool. We're good. Um, full honesty, I thought that I thought that America itself was was nice. I, I didn't think that it was as bad as people say yeah. for certain things. But I also did learn a lot about how fortunate I do really actually feel in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, just... I noticed like the difference between yeah this is the only way I could explain it really the the difference between lower class and medium class uh in America is quite big yeah like I noticed that it was quite huge and people that were in you know uh sort of medium class uh they actually lived really well yeah like really well so someone that's on that sort of like mid class in Australia it's like you get by yeah you get by you pay for your house you probably don't go on holidays much, if ever. Yeah. And you just 
save a little bit of money and pay your mortgage, pay your car, right? That's sort of like medium class here. Yeah. And I felt like in America, the medium class, they ate really well. Yeah. I had semi-decent jobs. Um, obviously, don't know the real big details of it. So I'm right. really generalizing everything yes. here because I saw everything from an outside perspective. Um, they had nice cars. They could get houses. Like I yeah. see so many streamers in America being like, I put down an application to buy a house and I'm like, what? <laughs> like how? Like banks wouldn't even look at me here. Yeah. And there are definitely some people in that boat that I think that I do earn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't even be looked at here. Yeah. Like the bank would just laugh at me quite often. And so there are certain things I think with mid-class over there and the difference between low and like mid is quite big mm-hmm. that there are certain things that... um. I think it's quite crazy yeah. and you guys have quite well, but then there's also the lower end and it's quite bad. Yeah. It's like huge extremes, yeah. you know, it is. like there's no sort of middle ground in that and there's not as much help. Yeah. Um, so going to the streets, seeing a lot of people homeless and taking drugs pretty full on, Yeah. you know, taking drugs on the street was quite full on. Um, and here it's sort of like you'll have a bad area or yeah. a bad suburb and then it'll sort of improve in a mm-hmm. different suburb maybe and you'll have good and bad spots of that suburb. But over there it felt like I went from one block to another and it just changed so rapidly. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, this is intense. Like yeah. I'm not sure I want to be on this block sort of thing. So you start walking faster, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very surreal over there. Very yeah. surreal. You do realize certain things that you do have better. You learn to appreciate those things, but then there's also some things you guys have better, right? And that's just the same for anywhere, yeah, no, really. Very true. It's the same for anywhere, yeah. Yeah, and and it's you know, you like you like you were saying, you go from one block to another, and it's night and day. My wife, you know, used to work in in the city here in Connecticut, where her mm-hmm. hospital was, you know, sort of borderline. If you went two blocks that way, it's night and day. Like you don't want to yeah, stop. That's you crazy roll for me. Stops. Yeah, it's yeah, it that's intense. Yeah. I, I think that's intense, but overall, like not to get into like that part too much, like America was really fun. I had a really good time. My stomach didn't agree with the food very much, Mm -hmm. but I did eat a lot of food and I ate a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, Tipping and just like going to a restaurant and like you get free refills was nutty. (laughs) I was like, I get more for free. I was like, no way. Yeah. So I got a lot of refills. Um, It was a lot of fun, but I think more so for the fact that I just got to to meet a lot of people yeah. and hang out with a lot of good people. So, awesome. Yeah. Excellent. And now you're – so Canada's on your bucket list too to, to come yeah. to check out? Nice. Yep. Any particular yeah. products or just, you know, Canada in general? Just Canada in general. I mean, it's beautiful over there. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a real sucker for nature, yeah. basically. Um, nice. I'm a real sucker for cliffs and mountains. And yeah. Anything to do with ice and snow, I'm like in awe of. Um, and I don't know, it seems to be a thing where a lot of Aussies want to go to Canada. Yeah. I don't know why, probably because it's quite easy to get a visa there, but, um, yeah, a lot of Aussies want to go to Canada. So ice and snow. So have you seen ice and snow before? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it does snow in Australia. Yeah. Upon disbelief to people. Um, and I went snowboarding, uh, last year. Oh, nice. In Melbourne. But it was horrible. I'm. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was like it was the most unfluffiest snow you could see in oh, your life. No. It was just rock hard ice, and I yeah. just couldn't snowboard on it. It was the most difficult thing I've ever done. That's so why I just gave up. Yeah. But I went in New Zealand, and it was incredible. Oh, 
wow. it was so fluffy yeah. and it was easy to pick up and it was fun it was Really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to learn to snowboard on a hard pack surface, it is not fun because you need to use your edges and you're hitting your butt and your knees yeah. a lot. It just wasn't doable. I, yeah. And obviously we just don't have the best climate for it, right? Yeah. So unless you go to the tracks that aren't the beginner ones, mm -hmm. which are then scary, you're yes. not going to get fluffy snow. Yeah. And then at that point you're like, do I want to go down this cliff face? Right. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So now when you disconnect from going live, what are some of the things you like to do? So snowboarding's on the list, getting outside. Yeah, I like to get outside a lot, even though for the most part in the last couple of years, I've struggled to go outside. Yeah. I think streaming really puts you in a place of being a bit of a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> so you end up struggling to go outside. But uh, since being in the UK with this summer, I've been trying to go outside a lot more and exercise a lot. But nice. I think outside of dream and editing i don't really get much time yeah so like because i'm trying to you know build a new way for me to be more secure financially and mm -hmm. i really enjoy editing so that's what i'm going for oh, so nice. um i'm editing for some other people um and i'm i don't have time to edit my own stuff unfortunately <laughs> if i'm also streaming because you know editing my stuff doesn't make me money you know what yeah. I mean? that's not going to pay the bills so right now outside of stream i don't really have much time to do yeah. Uh, anything else uh, ah, okay. unfortunately yeah do you watch any tv or any movies or anything um i've gone to the movies a couple times here yeah the first time in like years and there's like recliner seats and everything oh, yeah. here and i was so <laughs> gobsmacked and apparently they are in australia now but i haven't been in so long that i just didn't even know yeah but um yeah i've gone to the movies a few times um but i don't really watch too much tv yeah. no all right well, Train, you survived the podcast, but before you go, I got to, you yeah. know, like everybody who's been on, like Blitzer Girl came on, she called you out. Who are you calling out that some oh, of that should no. come on the pod? Oh, God. Put you Much on the pressure. spot. Lots of pressure. Um, they clearly need to be a streamer. It, well, it's, yeah. A streamer would be good or somebody yeah, who has yeah, a good yeah. story. Have you had Try before? Who? Triangle. No, I have not. I'm, she's kind of scares me though from you know watching her stream and you know the try the try is a she's definitely a little bit more private when it comes to yeah. her personal things but I think that she would probably be, you would have a lot of fun with her I all think. right yeah. okay yeah. Well, I, I think you should ask her worst case she says no right yeah absolutely all right well train. and then if not triangle yeah. Emma ask Emma okay cool. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for, for doing the pod. It was wonderful meeting you. And, you know, best of luck on your, your travels. And uh, thank you. safe safe trip when you get home. Thank you for having me. I no appreciate problem. it. Thank you.